0: You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com and CBS Sports.com networks. In today's show, we're going to go over some of Mike McCarthy's comments from the NFL owners meetings down in Phoenix. But before we get going with that, I'd like to remind you to check out the rest of the great Locked On podcast network, which includes Locked On NFL Draft, a great podcast. The draft is a month away. Unbelievable. So check out Locked On NFL Draft, Locked On NFL, and Locked On Fantasy. And, of course, there's my website, PackReport.com. A couple of good stories for you over there from yesterday. and We're going to actually talk about some of it today with, with McCarthy comments. And also my mock draft continued. All Packers mock draft with a fourth round pick, another cornerback who I believe will be available based on a couple of scouts that I talked to. Again, I'm trying to make this as realistic as I can. and talking to scouts and saying, hey, what do you think about this guy? Do you think he'd be there for Green Bay at the bottom of the fourth and I'll do fifth round later today too? So it's at PackerReport.com and if you're not a member over there, please check it out. You buy one month, I'll pick up two more months for free. Type in the coupon code FA. Two zero one seven. It's F A two thousand seventeen. You buy one month, I'll buy two more. They get you all the way, what through uh, the draft, OTAs, mini camp, all the way through the offseason stuff. So please check that out. All right, the most interesting comments came at what are the Packers going to do at guard? Got to replace T J Lang. Uh, there's been some speculation, you know, my my fans that hey, it'll be Jason Spriggs' job. Not, it's not a bad guess, but it's wrong. McCarthy says that it will not be Jason Spriggs. Here's a quote from two reporters yesterday. He's a tackle. And the first thing you have to say about Jason is he can play left tackle in this league, and that's huge. That's a priority position in my view that tells you the importance that he has to our offensive line. I think we're very fortunate we have David, Brian Balaga, and Jason. That's David uh, Bakhtiari and Jason Spriggs. So we have three high-quality tackles. Obviously, Spriggs started a couple games at right guard last year. I didn't think he did too poorly. I think I'm a bias, so I mean, maybe I'm just biased, or maybe it's just reality. He's six foot six. To play guard, you can't—I don't, I don't just don't think you can be a good guard at six six. Guard is so much about leverage, and you're, you're, there's gonna be a guy right in front of you, and he's—if he gets underneath of you, he's gonna push you back. I just think it's a tough position to be six six. So I, 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 I never really saw Spriggs being a good fit there. With the caveat of this being, of course, he's a second-round draft pick. He's got a $5 million contract. And at this point, he has no, no place on his football team. He's in under contract through 2019. David Bakhtiari's through uh, is through 2020. Brian Balagas through 2019. So at this point, Spriggs has no place to play. So you would have thought, well, maybe they would give Spriggs a shot at guard just to get some return on investment, but that appears to not be the case. And the probably the realism there, again, he's probably, he's probably too tall and not strong enough to play guard. The other logical, this, this, in my opinion, and I was obviously wrong here too, I thought... You can move Brian Belaga to right guard and then put Spriggs at right tackle. Because I think Belaga would be perfectly fine at guard. and then, That way you get Spriggs on the field and you're getting your best guys on the field. Of course, the problem with that move is you're probably worse at two spots now because Belaga, who would be good, would not be TJ Lang. And Spriggs, hard to believe that he'd be Brian Balaga at right tackle. So that would be the problem with that move. He should be wicking two spots, and that, that move's not going to happen. Here's McCarthy. Brian Balaga had his best year at right tackle last year. And I'm not really looking to move him because Brian and David give us an outstanding combination of right and left tackle play. So there's that. So basically, we're going to go with I thought they would do all along, and that's draft their right guard. Yeah, they've got some guys on hand. you got, you know, they resigned Don Barclay. Um, Lucas Patrick, an undrafted rookie last year from the practice squad. Kyle Murphy, the former All-American left tackle at Stanford, did not have a very good uh, camper preseason at a tackle. Uh, he'll, he'll get a look at guard. But ultimately, the Green Bay Packers' starting right guard probably comes from the draft. We've gone over this before, I, I'm pretty sure. I know I certainly have over at Packer Report. In my mind, There are four ready-made offensive guard starters in this draft, which is for for Green Bay's zone scheme. Yeah, Western Kentucky's Forest Lamp, Indiana's Dan Feeney, Pittsburgh's Dorian Johnson, and Temple's Deion Dawkins. I could see Lamp has to be a first-round pick, and he might not get to number 29. And here's the problem with this. Lamp might not get to 29, and Feeney, Johnson, and Dawkins might not get to 61. So that puts Green Bay in a position of do you have to trade up in the first round to get Lamp? Do you either trade back um to get to get Feeney, Johnson and Dawkins, you know, early ish mid second round, or trade up from their second round pick to get up to you know forty five or whatever to get one of those guys. So that's gonna be Ted Thompson's challenge is figuring out, okay, we need a guard. Just how in the hell do I get him? Otherwise, it's going to be Barclay or, you know, Barclay would probably be okay. I have no idea about Patrick. I, I know I mentioned this in the podcast. He had a broken hand through training camp last year. I have no, no idea. He battled his butt off last year. He was terrible. <laughs> you know, What are you going to do, right? Hard, hard, to, hard to play Garth at club cast. So, and then you know, once the season starts, A, they don't show as much of practice. And B, I'm certainly not looking at Lucas Patrick. And the other, and the and, and kind of the same deal with Murphy. I have no idea if he can play guard. You know, just looking at his body in the locker room, I thought kind of a guard type. I mean, he's a little bit more of a uh, stockier guy. Maybe stocky is not the right word for it. But Spriggs is a long, lean, muscular guy. Um, Murphy had a bit of heft to him. Even though they're I think about the same weight, and I mean it wasn't like Murphy was six or three twenty or anything like that, but Murphy just had a different body type, and I thought that could work at guard uh here's McCarthy in the state of the position. We have very good numbers on our offensive line. I really like the offensive line group, and I look for that offensive group to grow both on, on the field of production with their opportunities for a number of different players that are already here. And I look for that group to really step up in the area of leadership. So that's the state of the guards. And, and well, what you thought all along is a gigantic need for Green Bay will remain a giant need for Green Bay because they are not going to make the move with Balaga or Spriggs. If your company is interested in speaking directly to Packers fans, you could be right here on this podcast. Sponsor locked on Packers, and your company will reach a passionate 98% male audience that is 78% between the ages of 18 to 44 and 75% from 25 to 54. And recent studies have shown that podcast listeners are 65% more likely to interact with sponsors and other forms of media. Get your company great exposure right here on Locked On Packers. Our rates are very reasonable and based solely on the number of listeners, so you get your value. Email me at packwriter2002 at yahoo.com to get started today. Once again, that is packwriter2002 at yahoo.com to get started for your company on Lockdown Packers. All right, let's get back at it. Mike McCarthy's asked for his new tight ends yesterday. Obviously, they went from having only Jared Cook and Richard Rogers on the roster to now having Martellus Bennett, Lance Kendricks, and Richard Rogers on the roster. I went to the NFL's media site and they have um, lineup stuff. Obviously, when you only have two tight ends in a roster, that means that you ran zero snaps of three tight ends, which is true. <laughs> they didn't have any because they did put Spriggs at tight end a couple times. Actually, more than a couple times. Quite relatively frequently, but they never, want, they never want three tight ends. In 2010, they ran 37 snaps with three tight ends. In 2011, they ran 70. Those are the only years I looked up. So, here's McCarthy, now having three tight ends. We've played with three tight ends on the field at the same time. We played them in the backfield probably play them more displaced than we ever had, talking about last year with Jared Cook. I'm looking forward to playing more at the tight end and the line of scrimmage. That's definitely something that will be different this year than we've done in the past. And that's true. I mean, Cook was a receiving threat. Richard Rodgers is a receiving guy. Despite, his, despite the fact that he's slow, he's a receiver. Martellus Bennett is an all-around tight end. I mean, he's 270 pounds, for goodness sakes. He's a terrific blocker. Last year... He caught 75.3% of passes. That ranked second among tight ends. He averaged 7.56 yards after the catch. And that ranked first among tight ends. So while well, you miss some of Jared Cook's down the field stuff, Bennett gives you that. And you know a lot of a lot of the play from Cook was, you know, basically another wide receiver. He lined up at receiver. Bennett is gonna be an on the line of scrimmage guy. Um Chris Roth of WBAY here in Green Bay. He talked to Adam Gase, the Miami Dolphins coach. Good good job by Chris here. Gase was the Bears offensive, offensive coordinator in 2015. Um, Bennett, yeah, that year, he'd caught like 90 in 2014. He caught 53 in 2015, missed five games. His ability to do everything as a tight end is rare, Gase said. His variety and what he can do on his route tree is very impressive because he can stretch the field and he's very big. He causes a lot of problems when he goes up in the seam. He's a big body, and he doesn't have to be open to try and throw him the ball because he can get in front of the defender and they can't run through him. If you give him a chance to run after the catch, he's very tough to get down. He has a very or excuse me, he has very unique run skills for a guy his size. What you like about this and this fits what Green Bay likes to do with, with their no-huddle. You can put Kendricks and Bennett out there on the field together. And how does a defense match up to that? Let's just say, you, let's just put up Jordy Nelson and Devontae Adams as receivers. Kendricks and Bennett as your tight ends, and Montgomery as your receiver, or your running back. Put yourself in a defensive coordinator's shoes. How are you going to match up with that on first and 10? Because they can go two tight ends and run the ball because those guys are good blockers. I mean, Richard Rodgers is not a good blocker. These guys are good blockers. You can go run the ball with a two tight end set or you can split those guys out and basically go 4 wides, or, heck, put Montgomery out wide two and go 5 wides. A lot of options here. And that puts defensive coordinators in a bind, because on first and ten, if you think, all right, we're going to go put our base defense out in the field because they're going to run the ball. Fine. They'll spread you out and throw the ball. And because they go no huddle, you can't substitute out of that position group, or out of that that group. So a lot of trouble McCarthy can cause with tight ends with a diverse skill set. I don't think anybody cared about Jared Cook and Richard Rogers blocking. You know, I, I probably, probably told you the story. After the draft, I talked to a I talked to a coach at every one of these guys' colleges, and to a man, they always say great things about their player. I remember talking to um, the offensive coordinator at Cal about Rogers. Well, how is he? How is he as a because he's raving about him as a receiver, his best days are ahead. He's a terrific receiver. How is he as a blocker? In the, he said the damnedest thing, he said when we needed the block, I would take Richard out of the game and put in two 210 pound guys who would try. <laughs> that was uh, not word for word his quote, but basically his point is when they needed the block, they got him out of the game, <laughs> they took Rogers out of the game and um, just not very good at it. So it's going to be a whole different ball of wax with these guys and the position group and the diversity of these guys is really going to create some problems I think and some matchup um, issues in Green Bay's favor because of what those guys can do. And one other note from yesterday, a rule change, a bunch of rules change. But one of them is when there's a replay challenge. The replay will be handled in at the league office in New York rather than on the field with the referee. Remember the, in the good old days, referee would go underneath the hood and watch the watch the play on the screen at the stadium now he'll be watching it on a tablet while communicating with the league office in New York. That is a uh, a pace of play issue for one, and looking for a little bit more consistency in replay by having the same crew of people reviewing those plays. So, probably not a big deal. Um, from, a pan, from a fan perspective, this was a an idea pitched by Mike uh, Mark Murphy, the Packers president. Here's Murphy from... Uh, from yesterday, I think coaches have confidence in Dean Blandino, and Bob Blandino is the head of referees. His office is doing a good job. It's a hard job, but doing a good job. And I think with the improvements, you should have more consistency. The other thing I would say, really reality is it's not that much different. Although the referee had the final say in the past, Dean Blandino is kind of his boss. If Dean says, well, I looked at it, and this is what I saw. But I think usually they see things the same way. So it's not going to be a lot of situations where they're in conflict. And then they're having the tablets, rather than having to see the referee running all the way over to the monitor and having to go under the hood, should speed up the process quite a bit. One of the rule change of note, actually two, one, and thank goodness for this, a proposal to change overtime from 15 minutes to 10 minutes didn't make it. Because, you know, I understand player safety and all that, but geez louise, it's... It's five minutes, and if that's your issue with teams playing on Thursday night, then get rid of the stupid Thursday night games. So, overtime remains 15 minutes. That amount of like a, you know, just based on history, if you lop off five minutes of overtime play, you get about one fourth of those games ending in ties. And in a player safety rule change, um, owners voted to ban players from leaping over offensive linemen in order to attempt to block field goals or extra points. I'm fine with that. I mean, I saw some uproar from people in the NFL by getting rid of an exciting play. Please. (laughs) How many times did you say, Oh, a field goal, a field goal, a field goal. Let's see him jump over the pile. No, you never said that. It was cool when it happened. But, I mean, I I think there's some merit to the fact that if you're going to have guys jumping over a pile, you're going to have offensive linemen getting up and trying to dump those guys head over heels and if you go head over heels sometimes you land on your head so I think that's, I think it's a terrific rule change there in order player uh, to help player safety now the rule change that did not pass was a proposal to if your kicker on a kickoff kicked the ball through the uprights the other team would take the ball at the 20yard line rather than the 25 that did not pass all touchbacks for a minute to 25. And that will do it for this episode of Locked on Packers. My sincere thank you for listening. Have a great day, and I will talk to you tomorrow.
0: the list.